0: May the peace of our Lord be with you. And also with you. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Along with in the beginning and for God so loved, they may be the most well known words of Scripture. The entirety of Psalm 23 is repeated six times in the three year cycle of the lectionary. It is quoted in movies and often read at funerals. When we are most vulnerable, we find comfort in the words of the psalmist, in the knowledge that the good shepherd will take care of the sheep. On this fourth Sunday in Eastertide, the beautiful imagery of Psalm 23 connects us directly with the reading from the Gospel of John and from Revelation. And we will find this week's Easter joy in the good shepherd, the lamb at the center of the throne, who will be our shepherd. In today's gospel passage, Jesus is walking in the temple when people begin to gather around him to ask a question. How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly, they say is jesus the messiah or isn't he this is one of the gospels recurring themes the reader is fairly certain that jesus is the messiah but the question remains if the if the people jesus encounter, encounters will understand who he is in today's passage jesus responds plainly enough i have told you and you do not believe The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. Jesus points to his words and his actions to answer the question. So far in John, Jesus has turned water into wine, healed an official's son, taught crowds, restored a man's ability to walk, fed 5,000 with two, two loaves, I'm sorry, two fish and five loaves of bread, walked on water and restored sight to a man born blind. His works show that he can perform miracles, heal, restore. But he has also embraced a Pharisee and forgiven a woman caught in adultery, proclaimed that he is the bread of life, the good shepherd, and the light of the world. In order to understand who Jesus is, one must pay attention to his words and his actions. In the book, Red, A Crayon's Story, the crayon named Red, who is actually blue, has a red wrapper. His mother, Olive, and his teacher, Scarlet, his friend, Yellow, and his grandparents, Silver and Gray, all try to help him act red. While many of the other crayons stand by and discuss his shortcomings when he draws a blue strawberry, a blue fire truck, a blue ant. Until finally, a new friend, Barry, asks Red to draw the ocean. Barry recognizes that Red is blue. Barry is paying attention. When red discovers that he is blue, so does everyone else, and they begin to respond to him in encouraging and beautiful ways. With the folks in the temple and the crayons in the story, sometimes we have to work at paying attention. We are surrounded by noise almost constantly. In our homes and in our cars, at work and at school, there is a current of perpetual sound that is the background of our lives. So much so that sometimes, even when we pursue silence, it is hard to find. We can go on silent retreats or unplug for a day, but it is nearly impossible to sustain. When we create our own silence, it is often interrupted by someone else's noise. So we must learn to pay attention, to hear the voice of God, even in the midst of the noise. I cannot speak for you, but I sometimes find it challenging to listen for what is important. I sometimes need the next words that Jesus says in John. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. The acknowledgement that those who follow will hear somehow brings comfort when weeding out the noise is a challenge. On Sunday evening, our preschoolers through third graders gather in the atrium, a room specifically prepared for them to practice being with God. The rooms are created around the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, a curriculum designed by Sophia Cavalletti, and Maria Montessori with the parable of the Good Shepherd as its central theme. The children are taught that the room to which they have come is prepared especially for them to spend time with the Good Shepherd. The Montessori style setup means that the children choose what work they will do while they are there. The children discover parables and narratives in the Bible by reading the words and working with figurines. They concentrate on pouring, sorting, and sifting water and rice and beans, giving their hands something to do while their minds are focused on listening. They draw and color words and images drawn from the pages of scripture. They pay attention, maybe not always, to the catechists, the adults who come alongside them in the atrium, but they are listening and watching for the Good Shepherd. They will have many other voices in their lives, quiet and loud, gentle and harsh, courageous and cowardly, but it is our hope that they will learn to listen for the voice of the Good Shepherd so that no matter what other voices are heard, They will know that they are known by the Good Shepherd, and that voice will most profoundly shape their lives. We have many voices in our own lives, voices that tell us that we do not have what it takes to be the sheep of the Good Shepherd. We, too, can lean into the promise that we are known by the Good Shepherd. Jesus' final words in today's Gospel lesson are, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Is this a statement about the humanity and divinity of Jesus? Maybe. A promise that we are secure in the hands of the Good Shepherd? Certainly. The work of Jesus, his very life, death, and resurrection ensure that we are not only known, but secure, because the lamb at the center of the throne will be our shepherd. When I imagine such things, and I do, because I'm both a huge fan of children's literature and of Jesus, and of imagination, come to think of it. So when I imagine such things, I imagined that Jesus' Patronus would be a sheep. Some of you may be wondering if Jesus would have a Patronus, and others may be wondering, what is a Patronus? <laughs> it's sort of a cross between a shield, and a spirit animal, and a carrier pigeon that can talk. <laughs> I stumbled across Patronuses, or Patroni, in a book about a boy who is a wizard. He's almost as popular as our friend Lex Canre. You may have heard of him. His name is Harry Potter. Harry's Patronus is shaped like a stag, an animal that is meaningful to Harry and connects him to his deceased parents. Dumbledore, the headmaster of Harry's school, his Patronus is shaped like a phoenix. The image of a bird that has been his loyal companion for longer than any bird should be expected to live. A patronus's shape can change based on life's events. More than one character has a Patronus shape that changes to represent a person for whom they care deeply. Which is why I think Jesus' Patronus would be a sheep. Because people are so often referred to as sheep in the scripture. Because Jesus' life testifies to the care that he has for his sheep. Because the lamb at the center of the throne is our shepherd. I've often heard it said that sheep are dumb animals. I've always been a little offended by the comparison of Jesus' friends to sheep. But when I think about the good shepherd, I just want to be a sheep. So I asked my friend if sheep were really dumb. My friend Carl, one of my best buddies from seminary, owns a farm and has a small herd of sheep. So I asked him if he thought sheep were dumb. And he said, well, I can't speak for all sheep everywhere, but my sheep seem pretty intelligent. At least they are no less intelligent than any of the other animals on the farm. And because Carl is a theologian and knew exactly where I was headed with my question, he also said this, Sheep are loyal to their herd. They know the shepherd by sight and voice, and they will come when they are called. But they are also very content animals. They sometimes make poor choices to maintain their status quo. I don't know about you, but I'd rather be compared to an animal that sometimes makes poor choices rather than an animal that is classified as dumb. We can make better choices. We can choose to be sheep who see through the work of Jesus to see God. We can choose to look for the work of God in the world and join in. We can choose to listen for the voice of the good shepherd, and we can choose to bear witness to the lamb, the one who is loyal to the herd, even to the point of laying down his life. We can choose to live in the knowledge that the lamb at the center of the throne will be our shepherd. The Easter eggs are still out at my house. If you know me well, You may think it's because I've been procrastinating on putting them away, or that Marlo and Mary Alden are still playing with them. One of those is true, but the real reason that they are still out is that it's still Easter. Though the donuts and sausage biscuits of Easter Sunday are long digested, the linens are still white and the doxology is still different. We are in the heart of Eastertide, still celebrating in the hope of the resurrection, finding joy in the Good Shepherd. It is rare that all the lectionary passages line up so nicely, but this week they do. With the psalmist, we rejoice in the shepherd who leads us beside still water. Our hope runs deeper than the water. It remains even in the darkest valley, because the risen Lord is with us. Jesus' words in the Gospel of John lead us to rest in the promise that no one will snatch us from the hand of God. The hands that hold the sheep are the hands that hold us and will never let us go. With the writer of Revelation, we find hope in the Lamb at the center of the throne. The one who wipes away every tear from our eyes. The one who is also our shepherd. In my family, I'm notorious for having songs stuck in my head. The yellow submarine is inexplicably running through my mind at any given moment. But this week, as I have prepared the sermon, I have had a children's song stuck in my head. The Lord is my shepherd, I'll walk with him always. Always, always, I'll walk with him always. Life can be really hard sometimes. Sometimes when we gather here in this sanctuary, where we celebrate the risen Lord 52 weeks a year, it is hard for us to hold on to hope. I've left the Easter eggs out this year because it reminds me to hold space for those in this herd of sheep, this family of faith who need someone to hold on to hope. They remind me that we walk with the shepherd always because the shepherd walks with us. They remind me that we are an Easter people invited into the work of God in our world, led by the good shepherd to share hope and to wipe away tears. They remind me that the lamb at the center of the throne is our shepherd.